0: The G.D. Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are hard to find. Temporary zones
1: and traffic climbs. And welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We are on location live at Madewin National Tallgrass Prairie, uh, just outside of Joliet near Wilmington, Illinois. There's not a cloud in the sky. There's the moon behind us and a jet plane overhead and some banners behind us. Let's continue our conversation uh, with Wade Spang. And, Wade, I have to tell you, we were talking about it. Uh, last night and i mentioned it this morning you have one of the best names ever for a naturalist and and but we're thinking it's not this you're not it's your alter ego it's your uh secret identity wade spang uh (laughs) mild-mannered wade spang who is prairie guy in disguise so that's your new
2: superhero avatar (laughs) (laughs) i
1: I don't suppose anybody's ever accosted you with that information before have they oh wait wait, i'm sorry that's my fault let's turn the mics up there you go sir
3: I said, no, but it sounds really nice when you say it. Yeah,
1: well, then keep it in mind. You may borrow it. You don't even have to pay me royalties. Uh, let's talk very briefly because we want to get our other guests on the show. You, you're the uh, prairie supervisor. So that means that in addition to the bison, and we know there are bison here. We're going to talk about that. It's everything that goes with this. So I imagine it's, it's bunkers, it's native plants, it's, it's everything connected Birds. with the day when Yes, fauna, flora.
3: Yes, it is. It's uh, not only the natural vegetation and animals and migratory birds that are here, uh, but also the fact is that in 1996 we acquired this land from the Army, and that's why you see the igloos or the bunkers Mm -hmm. and all the infrastructure uh, associated with that. And our, our charter is, one of our charters is to restore the prairie for wildlife species, plants, and animals. Another one is for recreation. Folks can come out here and enjoy and walk especially on a beautiful day like this. Uh And a third one is education and agriculture. And so uh, we are uh, excited to be able to provide all that to the public.
1: All right, stop for a second there. Education, I get. Agriculture, I know this used to, a lot of it, you know, in addition to being Arsenal, uh, used to be farmland. In fact, when I first came here about 15 years ago, there were a lot of farms here and you guys were just starting to put in uh, the prairie that was only like you know six seven years into the mission is there still farming going on here
3: yes we have a lot of crop production here and also grazing Mm -hmm. and it's very important in part of the restoration because the crop production helps prepare the soil for us to plant so that the prairie plants can come back in and build the habitat for the birds and like you said there's 19,000 acres and
1: I don't think I th- I read someplace that that's 30 square miles. Is that yeah, is that yeah. correct wow. about that? Yes. Yeah. So it's a it's a size. The project is of a size that
3: has almost never been seen before. Isn't that true? Yes. It's it's quite large. And qu- the major thing about that it's a continuous acres. It's all together where a lot of other areas are fragmented, separated apart, something else in between. But we're continuous, and it's very important for habitats of all types
1: yeah yeah because we talk about corridors and how oh if we could only have you know a a street that'll connect a a green area to another green area and you think wow that's just sad if that's the best you can do but here it's all one contiguous area
3: correct and uh, so we use the word it's not fragmented and so uh that way the birds and everybody else in the sense of people who can can wander around enjoy the prairie uh and enjoy the the ecosystems that are out here and then the grazing is uh, used for bird habitat as well they graze the grasses down to a short medium of tall stature Mm -hmm. grass
1: okay and uh sitting next to us are uh, Patrick Williams, the Manager of Communications for Open Lands, Mike Redmer, Fish and Wildlife Biologist at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and Trevor Edmondson, Madewin Project Manager for the Wetlands Initiative. Patrick, I'm going to start with you because I'm up to the beginning of Madewin National Tallgrass Prairie. Um, we mentioned
4: it's unique. We acted, we brought together a coalition of, I think it was 23 or 26 partners. Um, that advocated for this. In 1996, President Clinton formally signed the legislation and it established Medewin as the largest open space in the Chicago region.
2: And uh, Uh, apparently, for those who are having audio problems, we're better again. So, yay.
4: Okay.
1: (laughs) You know, we're out in the prairie. We're in the prairie, folks. folks. We're we're in the prairie. (laughs) So if something drops out for a little bit, uh, please bear with us because we think it's going to be worthwhile. Uh, One of the things I want to say to you, Patrick, uh, is that – It had to take a lot of guts, a lot of inspiration to figure out that you could take this land and then turn it back into prairie. And you guys, once he answers, are welcome to weigh in on that as well. Uh, There were, what, 23 partners involved in that as far as I know How how does how does that happen? How do you is it just continual lobbying? Is it just pressure and saying you got to get this done? This is our last opportunity because this was unlike anything anybody had ever seen
5: before.
4: Yeah. Medellin was the first national tall grass prairie in the country. It really it took a vision. It took, you know, a group of people who could look back at where our region was in the 50s and the 60s and think about where it was going to be at the turn of the century and say, here's where we want to go. We want a resource like this. We want a utility like this. Um, and luckily, there were enough like-minded people in Illinois that agreed, and there mm-hmm. were, you know, we were able to find strong public support for it. And luckily, we had some supporters at the time in the federal government who were willing to bring the idea across the finish line.
1: Let's go to uh, Trevor Edmondson, mid Win project manager for the Wetlands Institute. Good morning, and welcome. Good morning. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. All right, tell me how the Wetlands Initiative is working with Midway
6: well, currently, we're doing, we're restoring about 1,800 acres. We're on the seven-year plan. Uh, we're in about year three of that. Uh, so we've been here since the early 2000s um, doing, uh, basically adopting sections of Madewin and, and restoring them. Um, but this is the biggest uh, restoration that we've done mm-hmm. thus far, and it's a partnership with the U.S. Forest Service and the National Forest Foundation, as long as funders like the Grand Vic um, Victoria Foundation and the Donnelly Foundation um, and so, and and and
1: let me just stop you there because yeah. There are a lot of partners here. Yeah, and I saw you have new interpretive signs right at the trailhead uh, And you look out over a field you explain how you made that transition that gradually that you, you, you know the you keep it in agriculture, but you kind of change it over the course of a few years. How does that happen?
6: Well, basically, the agriculture allows us to kind of do management. Um, it, it seems counter, you know, intuitive there, but uh, by the farmers harvesting, it keeps a lot of the weeds out right so it allows yeah. us to <laughs> they're doing kinda, their dirty work kind of yeah. yeah so we can focus on a little more the rougher terrain areas <laughs> you know but uh yeah
1: okay well i noticed that uh mike redmer is is nodding uh, and smiling and mike is uh, a fish and wildlife biologist with the u.s fish and wildlife service uh mike tell me uh, how is the u.s fish and wildlife service involved with midaewin
5: um so the fish and wildlife service is uh, the 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 federal agency that's concerned with species that are of interest to the federal government, things Congress has said Mm -hmm. are important to the the federal government. So um, one of the big ones there is migratory birds. And Midewin, from its inception, has had a big role in trying to restore habitat for migratory birds, in particular grassland birds and wetland birds. So we've been kind of plugged into that effort from the beginning and... um, Helping with the monitoring every year, and then also just providing technical assistance and um, working directly with the Forest Service to achieve that goal.
1: So uh, we were talking about restoration of of wetlands. Do you find that when you restore a wetland that the species uh, come back as well? Do you have to encourage that, or is this something that uh, nature is waiting for and then jumps in uh, with both feet?
6: Yeah, I would see there's a lot of uh that uh, is just laying kind of waiting mm-hmm. uh, for that that hydrology to, to mm-hmm. restore itself of course we do add a lot of seed and a lot of plugs to enhance that and speed up that process but yeah once we disable the tile lines and that's uh, what i was going to say yeah. is
1: that you have the hard work you've yeah. got all this the drainage tile that yeah. farmers set up over
6: M- miles and miles
1: miles of it and yeah. miles is how hard is it to find that stuff
6: uh well, usually old maps uh and they do they do uh discovery trenches kind of and they mm-hmm. they dig back uh, to where they think they should be, and then they follow them along with some heavy equipment and and disable them that way wow
1: so uh uh that's an an ongoing
2: process now, and have you found anything just totally unexpected as you're doing restoration
6: uh not 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 really uh there there is a lot of archaeological sites out mm-hmm. here that are, we saw that are, a
1: mammoth yeah. mammoth yeah. tooth in the uh, visitor center there and, yeah. and
2: you're now doing drone surveys uh,
6: but, they are
1: yeah, yeah. I, on I'm the not, ar- but, well yeah. not you
2: personally but right. yeah on the archaeological digs that are going yep. on out here, yep, which is really cool. so what is it
1: that uh, uh as uh, as biologists and uh, managers that you would like to stress for people who uh, who come out this way that they're not going to see? that knowing that stuff's going on behind the scenes, what is it that, that you would like to tell them about?
6: Uh, for, for me, I mean, it's just it's the scale um, and the undertaking that mm-hmm. we're, we're doing here. There's a lot of sites, a lot of prairies um, in, in the Chicago region, but the scale here at Madewin is unprecedented. Um, so to kind of be able to kind of get lost in that uh, eventually, mm-hmm. you know, without a lot of, uh, you know, outside forces that uh, you're walking through the middle of the prairie. Um, there's a lot of, uh, as Mike was saying, there's a lot of birds and things that only mm-hmm. use Midewin yeah. or, or only, you know, high numbers here. So you're going to see a lot of unique species if you come to Madewin.
1: Well, and I would uh, address Mike uh, with that question is, uh, speaking of unique species, what's coming back that wasn't here before? Well, I mean, you must be seeing advances year by year, sometimes month by month, I would imagine.
5: Yeah, so... Um I, I talked to some of the forest service staff just to get caught up on what's going on we um we've helped with monitoring but I don't always have the numbers handy but um one of the big um one of the big successes is a little bird called the Henslow sparrow mm-hmm. which was um a, uh, listed as a state threatened species um until a few years back but um because of the restoration here at Medewin where we're getting back to taller grasses and then um, elsewhere in Illinois, where those practices are getting more common. Henslow sparrows have responded just tremendously. And so that's the species, that little brown bird that not a lot of people would recognize, but they're they're doing a lot better just because of Medewin and similar projects.
2: It's one of the Chicago wilderness birds. Right,
5: right,
1: exactly, the Henslow sparrow. In the project. Uh, where do the bison fit into all of this? I mean, they're, they're, they're a megafauna, charismatic megafauna,
5: as we call them. Uh,
1: how do they impact uh, the other species around here?
5: Well, so I, I think, uh, as Wade said earlier, we're still kind of see, you know looking at how that's affecting things. But mm-hmm. the um, the whole approach to the bison coming back to Madewin was an experiment to see. You know, obviously, it's a, a very large animal that has the ability to change the landscape and change the structure of the grasslands. So um, that should also change the, the grasslands to benefit different kinds of birds. So the experiment is 20 years long to see how those birds respond to the bison. Uh,
1: Can I ask you guys kind of a weird question as as biologists? Do you you like the interaction of people and nature, or are you a little protective of the work you're doing? I I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I I know that when I I had a home out in the Pacific Northwest, a vacation home for a long time, it was in uh, the rainforest out there. My favorite time to go out was always January. Because there was nobody else around and even though it was the middle of winter and it was raining like crazy I always enjoyed the solitude um, so that's that's why I asked I mean this is for people this is why we're putting this together but I imagine there's there, there has to be a balance that you guys strike
6: yeah I think it's critical um, you know to incorporate as people I mean without without uh, people you know seeing and understanding they're not gonna want to protect it of course right so uh, you know, and, and raising funds and things like that. Um, but, you know, there are certain species that you probably want to limit, you know, mm-hmm. exposure to, but um, without people actually going out and enjoying well, it.
1: Well, for one thing, you can't you know. have them petting buffalo,
6: you know, right, and right bison. Right. And, you know, they've got to keep at a distance. And I would say, you know, uh, all of us probably know how important science communication has mm-hmm. you know, has grown significantly recently with all the social media stuff, so, um, you know, we're connecting with people in a lot of yeah. new ways.
2: What, what types of interpretive programs? are you doing out here?
6: Well, Madewin does a lot of, uh, they do car field trips. We'll take people, you know, that can just drive out into the prairie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's geology tours. Um, there's uh, there's a whole volunteer yeah, the, program. The auto tours. Yep. Yeah.
2: We do have a question on Facebook. Uh, somebody asked, can Midewin be replicated anywhere else in Illinois? Is what? there anything happening toward that?
1: I would expand it. Can it be replicated anywhere in the country, maybe even in the world?
6: Well, there are there are s- projects of scale uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere. Uh, Glacial Ridge in Minnesota is is fairly large, uh, com- you know, actually a little bit larger than Minnewan, mm-hmm. but it's a different type of, uh, you know, this is the the old arsenal, whereas up there I think it was more uh, a large farm. But uh, there are large scale restorations going on mm-hmm. in Illinois, but not necessarily this this size. Uh,
1: uh, along, uh, in N- yeah, along that line, there, I don't suppose you find any ordnance here anymore, do
4: you? I don't. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, you were leaning in. Like yeah, were... um, Mike might be able to answer it more. I know Rocky Mountain Arsenal Nash, or, um, National Wildlife Refuge out in Denver is sort of this sister of Madeo and speaking from the other side of the prairie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was established in, or in the 90s as well. It was a transfer from the Army over to Fish and Wildlife and also has an active bison restoration project there too. So I don't know, Mike. I don't want to put you on the spot and say speak for Fish and Wildlife. I
5: guess in real general terms, I guess... What, the way that I try to, to sum it up is as long as the ground is still soft and not completely developed and turned to concrete, <laughs> there's still potential to restore it somehow.
1: Well, even so, concrete. I mean, we've got concrete yeah. and steel here, you know, in these bunkers. And, uh, you know, as I tell people, and I don't want to be boring, and then we'll get to you in a second, Patrick, I always see the past, the present, and the future here when I come out to when all at the same time. And it's awe-inspiring. It absolutely is. I mean, in, in the literal sense of the term, awe-inspiring, when you see the facilities where the war facilities, where we used to make bombs and store TNT here, um, but also inspiring in the way that uh, the people who, have, who started this project will never see it come to fruition. It will be decades and decades. They will be long dead before you get to the point where this prairie is restored. Um, And that's inspiring, too, because people are willing to put in that time and know that they're only part of the they're one cog in this and and one step along the way. And and I I assume you guys have a sense of that as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's requires you to think on a long term time scale. I mean, it is part of that idea that's not just where do I want to go hiking this weekend? It's where do I want my grandchildren to go hiking at the end of the century? Mm-hmm. Where do we? Yeah. What do we want this region to look like? We know climate change is happening. We know it's going to impact this region. So how are we going to make it resilient? How do we want to plan for that? How are we going to accommodate nature while growing our region? I mean, there's so many questions. And it takes partnerships like this with 25 partners to come up with those plans, to come up with those visions, to get input from the communities that live here.
1: By the way, if you're just tuning into the show, we've been all morning, we've been live at Midewin National Tallgrass Prairie and just having a great time. Why don't you guys uh, introduce yourselves, uh, starting with you, and then we'll go that way.
7: Okay. Well, uh, my name is Allison Cisneros. I work for the Nature Conservancy in a partnership with the Forest Service here to coordinate the volunteer program with...
2: I'm Katherine Gorman. Um, I'm also a volunteer coordinator here. I deal primarily with uh, public services and all the data management behind the scenes, um, and I am fortunate to work with Elephant.
1: So you're also with the Nature Conservancy? I
2: am, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we get the pleasure of
0: working wonderful
2: volunteers like...
0: My name is Frank Ibera, and I'm a volunteer here at Madewin. I'm an interpretive ranger and a bird monitor here at Madewin. Wow.
1: So here we are. Yes.
7: Well, so as I mentioned, the uh, Midewin's volunteer program is coordinated by the Nature Conservancy. We're in a special uh, partnership with the Forest Service here. Mm -hmm. And we also uh, are really reliant upon what makes that uh, happen even easier is a a million-dollar donation from Centerpoint Intermodal, which is a corporate neighbor (laughs) up the road here. Um, they, the Nature Conservancy is managing a million dollar donation in an endowment wow. fund, so it makes it easy now for volunteers mm-hmm. to not only contribute their time, but also financial support as well.
1: Excellent. The Nature Conservancy is, is just a wonderful organization, um, and I would imagine, uh, and maybe the, uh, the actual folks who work for the Forest Service could speak to this, but I'm sure you guys can. This place can't operate unless you have volunteers,
7: right? That's right. The volunteer program uh, provides a huge momentum uh, towards Madewin's mission to move it forward. Uh, volunteers are involved with uh, th- almost everything they possibly can be mm-hmm. uh, mission-related here at uh, Madewin. so that's um, you know, Catherine primarily is coordinating the archaeology program and everything, mm. visitor services, including youth education. Um, you know, Frank is representing, you know, he's uh, he runs a lot of the interpretive programs here and also is a bird monitor. Um, and then I am specifically coordinating all things prairie restoration okay. and uh, ecological monitoring. Like, you know, we have how do we know it's working? How do we know the prairie restorations mm-hmm. are quality and diverse? We have volunteers out here monitoring You know, plants and uh, rare plants and floristic quality of plants and birds and butterflies and frogs and water quality, you know, of the streams. So all that data gets reported um, in order for us to kind of, you know, look at the management here and see if we have to change things as we go along. So
1: we're talking about citizen science, aren't we? Yes. And we talk about that a lot on the show and how important citizen science is. And when you talk volunteers i'm sure a lot of folks say hey that'd be fun i'm gonna go out and watch birds and i'm gonna you know i'll dig something in the ground but it also involves reports doesn't it and it involves uh recording the the observations you make yes
2: it it definitely does involve data collection um so like our bird monitors like frank ibera they get the enjoyment of going out into Medewin's um, natural areas and seeing all the birds that they can see. But they do have what they see mm-hmm. and then submit it to us. And then we process it all together. Actually, a lot of that data is available on our website if people are interested in oh,
7: seeing it. And the website oh. is? FS.USDA.gov forward slash okay. That would be Madeowin's website, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. where we have a lot of volunteer information, too. And then the Nature Conservancy, you can read more about them on nature.org.
2: And what, what trends are you seeing in the last few years of data collection, especially with the birds?
7: So, well, the, there's a lot of different birds that, um, that people are monitoring. I mean, there's about 120 different mm-hmm. species, okay, and then even more when you're considering the migratory populations. So we have different types of ways that uh, volunteers are collecting that and staff and local professionals. Some of them are point counts where they're, you know, mm-hmm. listening um, and documenting everything that they hear or see within 100 meters. Right. And then we have volunteers doing a lot of supplemental data. So what we're seeing is that we are certainly having more bird populations supported here with the diversity and the open, more unfragmented areas than you would see, you know, that would be fragmented by roads and infrastructure and things like that. So uh, we're pretty happy with um, seeing that data. With bird data in general, we have some of the longest trends that we've seen because we've been monitoring birds here even before Midday when it was established. And Frank can maybe speak yeah. to some of the yeah. fun species he gets to well, see. Pull, yeah, pull
1: that microphone a little closer to you, Frank.
0: Sure. Um, what I enjoy seeing a, uh, a shrike every, uh, now and again, which wow. is a butcher bird. And what they do is they do their killing by shaking the bird vigorously and then, and then putting it on a barbed wire hook for later consumption. What? Yes. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh.
1: It is, uh, yeah. If you if you like blood and gore, but uh, yeah. Um. Uh, so, what kind of birds do they go after? Well, they go after small
0: rodents. Oh, rodents. Oh, okay. Birdies. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I thought Little snakes. I, okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the the beauty of n- nature can be seen in its uh, brutal uh, facts. However, it's part of what we do around here is uh, seeing uh, what it is that the birds are are doing. Uh, any trends they have. And how we can translate that to the visitors because a lot of folks don't have the time to do a lot of the research that we can do or some uh, further reading. So, the more that we can give our visitors thumbnail sketches of behavior and habitat, the better it is for them. Makes their stay here that much more enjoyable. So,
1: walk me through uh, uh, a a quick morning here that you you come to do some observation. How does that start, and, and and what are you looking? I mean, are you are you going to the barbed wire and looking for uh, the the remnants of a butcher bird up there? You know, something that is
0: one way to see if there if any of those have been around. However, what we do is when we get here is we try and locate where the bison are at. So when the vi- visitors come here, we could direct them in the right uh, way.
7: Yes, he's talking about his training. ranger responsibility now, not bird
1: monitoring. Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, I was asking you about the
1: bird oh, monitoring, yeah. but uh, but you're do are, are you doing all of those
0: tasks at once? Yes, you can. Well, a bird monitor uh, setting is is a prescribed time and date that you go. However, in our role as interpretive rangers, as we're walking through the overlooks and different places, we can see what birds are becoming abundant, what they're doing. Uh, a few weeks ago, we saw some uh, bobolinks that were all on the ground, wow. and we were able to see see those and show our visitors uh where they were at and uh, they were quite thrilled at that opportunity
1: uh, the bobolinks are a bird in decline aren't they or are they, they I we see they quite a
7: few of them here oh, so, so yeah here. when they don't have their th- specific habitat i, I, I remember
1: yeah. uh, uh covering a, a film about songbirds uh called the messenger several years ago that came out i don't, I don't know if you saw it but as, if I recall correctly, bobolink is, is one of the birds that's in decline. Now, you obviously see a lot of them here, but the, they're not seen elsewhere. So
7: Those are that. bobolinks are definitely a bird that we follow, as like some of these indicator species that we're looking at, like Henslow sparrows and grasshopper sparrows, mm-hmm. bobolinks, dick Um So, not just the shrike. We actually have a um, Dr. Amy Shabbat that comes and does specifically loggerhead shrike research but a lot of these other birds that we're seeing um you know they they appreciate the wide wider open spaces you know some mm-hmm. birds maybe even just a pair of them need like a hundred acres yeah. so to have the unfragmented more open space is really helpful it's really great to have volunteers documenting that what about eagles there are actually eagles nesting on Madewin. so that's and that's there. a
1: recent development isn't it
7: Yeah, they've been here, you know, here and there. They pick their nest locations. Um, You know, we had a nest fall, and then they rebuild it. So people do Mm -hmm. see that. Another really important um, monitoring that we do at Madewin is the floristic quality monitoring because we are doing so much prairie restoration. Um, It actually takes volunteers to... Be well trained to, you know, be able to identify, you know, over 150 different species of plants in order to know how that's working too. Uh,
1: that's by the way, Allison Cisneros, uh, midday project manager for the Nature Conservancy. Uh, Catherine Gorman is next to her assistant volunteer coordinator for the Nature Conservancy. Frank Ibera is on the end and. Again, what's your uh, exact description? What is it you do, Frank? Interpret-
0: what doesn't he do? <laughs> oh, oh okay. Yay, okay. I'm an interpretive ranger here at Medewin. also help out with the, uh, with the youth, youth education programs that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Events <laughs> set up uh, on the kitchen crew when we have a large um, volunteer. Uh, on the grill team. Uh, anything a little bit that of prairie needs, um, I don't mind no. doing. Uh, the volunteer staff. And the staff are just fantastic. Uh, anything you need at the level that you want to participate in, they will make it happen for you. Good bunch of people and a beautiful setting. Can't ask for more than that.
2: Well, we've got another question coming in on Facebook asking about bee and insect
7: monitoring. What's ah, good doing? question. Let me take that. Um, we have recently had um, a team of researchers come out and do some bee monitoring, so a uh, little premature to speak about some of their findings, um, but that will continue. We're considering you know, in, uh, training some of our volunteers to uh, be able to identify bumblebees. Um, insect monitoring, we have someone out here monitoring moths specifically um, and also um, singing insects. So yeah, some of that is going on too.
1: <laughs> uh, which of the singing insects do you do you uh, monitor and like to hear?
7: Um, well, we are constantly hearing lots of different types of um, you know crickets, grasshoppers, katydids. You know, one of the things <laughs> I
1: have to admit is that uh, yesterday when we were coming out here, um, I saw crickets hopping everywhere yeah. in the city. You don't see crickets, you hear them. Mm. But you do not see them they're they're smart they they stay out of sight but here there's (laughs) i I had
2: one on the table
7: this morning
1: yeah we might have well we had you know fighting fighting butterflies yeah 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 Uh,
7: but well well, yeah butterflies being insects we do have mm -hmm. you know volunteers monitoring butterflies too
0: you know, there was an influx of um, monarch uh, butterflies.
7: Yeah, you guys had
1: that last mm-hmm. week. We mm-hmm. didn't even talk about that. I was hoping they would be here today. They're gone,
0: Yeah, of course. Um, that, um, that was a, a big draw over the last couple of weeks, and that was were, a surprise. They were
1: roosting here, yeah. uh, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. How, you know, they were even in Chicago, and then they kind of moved south. They got here, and I, I'm following them. I'm never going to catch up so thank you for being here well thank everybody at the forest service here and the day one national Tallgrass grass perry man was this fun and you guys are all great thank you for the great work you're doing here until next time go
2: green or go home
3: uh, Stadler? yeah what is that it yes it's over how'd you like it i don't know
0: i slept through the whole thing well you didn't miss much